didn't you? I guess so. All right. Well, I hope your afternoon was good. I uh, wanted to mention a couple of things, I guess, just kind of as a reminder and then um, just in general. Um, don't forget that next Sunday uh, will be uh, the open gym for all the adults. And uh, from what I understand, for those of you that may not be interested in basketball, there's going to be some exercise taking place in the form of uh, some uh, clogging lessons or something that's going to go on. So I will not be a part of that. I'll be playing basketball. I, uh, I can clog up the sink, but that's about it. I'm not going to even try anything else because I really don't like making a fool of myself. But anyway, uh, but that, that'll be a good time. If you, uh, if you were able to be with us the last time, it was a variety of ages, lots of different uh, folks that were there, had a good time. And uh, whether or not you're a basketball player really didn't make any difference. We shot around just for a little bit. And then uh, uh, a group of us played a little game on one end of the floor. And then we, I believe at the end, they were playing some horse and pig and whatever else they could could play. And uh, so anyway, um, and so I know Nelson's been practicing up, ready to uh, take on all challengers. Correct? Yep. So uh, so anyway, um, so I hope you'll be a part of that. One, one other thing to mention to you, uh, if uh, all goes well, Lord willing, um, tomorrow morning we will um, have our uh, church website up and running. Um, and uh, some of you may or may not even be aware that we've been working on that. But if you're on the Internet and that's something that uh, you do, then you can go to uh, elmgrovemurray.org. And, uh, and check us out there. Like I said, if all goes well and, and I don't have any major hiccups with it, it'll, it'll be up sometime tomorrow. So uh, we'll use that as a tool of outreach and information to you. There'll be some things on there that hopefully uh, will help you out, uh, keep you informed. If you're on the Internet, you can go there and keep up to date with uh, current prayer lists and hospital lists and things like that, and, and also use it as uh, you know, a tool for friends or, or somebody to check things out. All of the... Uh, uh, current announcements and so on that we want to make people aware of will be on there. A church calendar, all the sermon recordings will be uploaded to that, and folks can go there and listen to, to uh, the messages and so on. So, anyway, um, but that's hopefully going to happen tomorrow. But uh, if you go there tomorrow and it's not up yet, I'm working on it, and uh, we'll do the best we can to get it there. So, anyway, uh, this morning was a good morning. I, I know uh, we had a, a lot of folks that uh, were here. I told our deacons a few minutes ago in our deacons meeting that seems to me when I look out each Sunday morning it's a different crowd every Sunday morning um, a lot of the same faces but a lot of different faces if we got everybody together I'm not sure we'd all fit in here so um, you know I don't know if I'm saying keep it as it is or just see what happens if everybody showed up but, uh, but anyway I appreciate I, um, I, I thought about this uh, before our deacons meeting but uh, it was reiterated uh, over and over just the spirit of our church and and, uh, you know, when I walk in, I certainly feel encouraged. I know I can count on seeing some smiling faces. And, and uh, you know, I know that we're, we're not, thanks, Drew. Uh, I know that we're, we're not uh, perfect by any means. Uh, but at the same time, I, I know that when folks come here, I can say with confidence that if they'll, uh, if they'll be here a couple of times, they'll feel at home. And, uh, and so I, I say that with confidence. I know I tell you that from time to time. And, as I told our deacons a minute ago, I don't say that uh, just out of habit or as mere lip service, but I really believe it. I believe, uh, you know, I see 
Um, I see some of our folks who will uh, cross the aisle to go shake a hand with somebody they don't know, and and uh, saw that this morning. I you know I always enjoy that and and uh, and seeing that. So anyway, I appreciate you all doing that. I know um, it's easy, uh, and I think out of just human nature and out of habit, it's easy just to sit where you sit, not talk to anybody else. Um, you're not you're trying to turn anybody off, but you know you're just kind of doing your thing. And I I, I appreciate uh, the fact that. We have so many people uh, that will, you know, they may sit where they sit, but at the same time, they're willing to shake a hand of somebody where, you know, uh, right around them or somebody that's not sitting where they sit. And so that's encouraging to me. So anyway, um, this morning we, we talked about um, how in the story of, of uh, the Israelites in the book of Joshua in chapter 8, how when they experienced some things that were good, uh, they had a choice to make. Obviously, it's easy to deal with failure. We know when we mess up or something doesn't go right, well, hey, all right, I'll stay humble and I'll, I'll keep plugging away. But when things start going well, what do you do then? And, and, and just like in our church, as our, our deacons and I talked a few minutes ago, as we uh, prayerfully uh, wait for God to continue to do more incredible things here at our church, we, we've got to be careful uh, even in that uh, to make sure that we give our devotion completely to God, that we uh, continue to give thanksgiving to him and we follow his commands all the time and so that's what we looked at this morning and and um, i told you this morning we were going to cover about 15 chapters tonight and we're going to do it and um, i've prepared an eight-hour sermon and so um, but we have refreshments we'll take a uh, an intermission midway through. no i um uh, joshua chapter uh, chapters 9 through 12 uh, highlights some more of the conquest of the promised land as you flip through your Bible there. If yours has some headings, you'll see some different things that uh, the Israelites do. There's an interesting story about the sun standing still in the middle of the day. Joshua prays and God uh, kind of pauses the day and adds some hours to it. And, and that's in there as they begin to move through the promised land a little bit more, past Jericho and sort of on up. And, and they begin to conquer these different places. They move to the south and the north and the east, and the, and, and the, the chapters 9 through 12 record these different conquests as the Israelites begin to get victory after victory after victory. As we talked about this morning, they went back to what they needed to do, and so God began to bless them with more victory. And in all, uh, at the end of chapter 12, we see that in all, there were 31 cities and 31 kings, obviously, that they, that they conquered in, in those particular chapters from the beginning of Joshua up to chapter 12. And, and where I want to pick it up tonight is in chapter 13. And here, here's sort of the way that, that I look at, at this particular scripture tonight. And I think, I think all scripture in general, but, but this particular um, uh, the way we'll look at it tonight. You have either worked for or worked with or, or had people work for you probably uh, at some point. You've been an employee or you've been an employer or you've just had people around, you've played on a team, you've done different things, whatever it is. And so you know that there are different types of employees, different types of players, and if you've been a manager of employees before uh, or, or been around other people, you, you know that sometimes people uh, just simply need some encouragement. They're doing the right things. Hey, give them a pat on the back, tell them keep going, you're doing exactly what you ought to be doing. And, uh, and, and they just need somebody to come along and tell them that. And so for some of us, as we read this scripture tonight, we look at, at the principles that we'll look at, some of us will just simply receive encouragement. and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm on that, that right track, so keep going. 
For, for others, you know that uh, sometimes employees um, really just don't know what to do. Uh, they just really, uh, you know, they, they show up, they're, they're eager to get going, but they have no clue what they're doing. And so for, for some, you just got to provide some, here's some detailed instruction. You know what? That's fine. Maybe you struggle to, you know, figure it out on your own a little bit, but hey, I'm going to help you. All right? So the scripture for some of us tonight will just be a detailed sort of step-by-step, -step, here's instruction on what we ought to be doing. For others, uh, you know you've had employees that, that um, in figurative terms, you've got to smack around every once in a while. And, um, and so, so the Bible tonight, for some of us, uh, myself included, may smack us around just a little bit. Um, and I don't mean that because of the style that I'm going to take and start yelling and screaming and that kind of stuff. That's just, I would laugh at myself if I start did, you know, doing that. But, but I really believe that the Scripture tonight, for some of us, may provide some real needed correction. I don't have anybody in particular in mind, so don't think that I'm talking directly to you because I've, I've thought of all this stuff. But I really believe that, that we probably will have one of those three things happen. Either we're just going to receive some encouragement and say, you know what, I, I think I'm on the right track with that as I look at it. I'm going to keep going. Or, you know, I hadn't thought about that before, but, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to do something. That kind of help you move forward. Or it'll smack you in the head and get you going the right way. How about that? All right? So the Bible's good about that, isn't it? You know, uh, sometimes we read it, boy, yeah, I'm encouraged. Other times, you know, I never thought about that. And other times I think, oh, man, I wish I hadn't read that because that just hit me upside the head, you know? And so anyway, uh, look, at, look at chapter 13. And we're, we're going to look in chapter 13 just at the first verse. Joshua was now old, advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, You have become old, advanced in years. No joke. We just, you know, thanks a lot, God. Thanks for pointing that out. Appreciate that. You have become old, advanced in years, but a great deal of the land remains to be possessed. Now, I find it, I find it very, very intriguing and encouraging and exciting and all that at the same time that you see in the Bible in various locations, God using young people and God using older people. And I, and I look at it and I say, well, you know, there's something to that. You know, there, it's never too early to get started with what God wants you to do. I mean, look at, at David, who was anointed king as a teenager and then, you know, took out Goliath as a, as a really young guy and then, and then continued to be used. And, and then we get to Joshua here and it says he was old, advanced in years. Probably he was at least 85 years old at this time. Now, some of you are 85 or above. Some of you are staring it down. Uh, I, I heard um, one time somebody was making a comment. They said that, uh, and I may have mentioned this to you before, but there's a, somebody was about to celebrate and throw a big party for their 90th birthday. I think Mr. Walt just celebrated 90 not too long ago. And, and somebody said, well, why on earth would you want to celebrate turning 90? And who would want to do that? And the person responded, well, anybody who's 89. You know, they'd want, to, they'd want to do that. And so, absolutely. And so, you know, so Joshua here is an older guy. He's at least 85 years old. And, and so, you know, God shows up to him and says, you know what? You, you're getting older. You're advancing in years. And he says, but a great deal of the land remains to be possessed. Way back in, in Joshua chapter 1, God's commission to Joshua was, you're going to lead the people into this land and you will distribute it to them. You're going to be the one who hands it out to them. Not only are you going to lead them to conquer all these lands, but your job is to, to, to help them possess it, to tell them where to go, to hand out the inheritance that God was giving them. Here's what you get, and here's what you get, and all the different tribes of Israel. 
And so God reminds Joshua, you may be getting older, you may be advancing in years, you may have gone through a few life stages, but you're not done yet. There's still more to do that I have already given you to do. And this, this certainly flies in the face of, of most of what our society operates by. And, and, and this is one of the things that um, I'm not sure how to, how to combat it in society. I'm not sure that I even can. But there are very few, very few people that as they get older are still valued as much as they were when they were younger. Because typically what we think is that as you get older, you should just move off to the side, let somebody younger take over. Let somebody who's got more energy or somebody who's you know, doing this or that, let somebody else take over. But the Bible is clear that God, yes, He did use young people. And it was never, ever too early to get started with what God wanted you to do. But He also, He also used older people. And there was never, ever an excuse for the people around those older folks or for those older folks themselves to assume that I'm just kind of done, let me ride off into the sunset because my life for living for God is basically over. I've done everything I can do. The Bible makes it clear when God shows up to Joshua, an 85-year-old man says, look, you might be getting older, but you ain't done yet. There was more, to, there was more that God wanted him to do. And, and, and so as we look over, we're going to get from, from, from this point, chapter 13, all the way, to the end of chapter 23 in the next few minutes. And, and we're not going to read every single word of it, so don't freak out. All right, but We're going to look at some things that Joshua, even though he was advancing in years, even though he was getting older, that he never stopped doing. Now here's the temptation for us tonight. The temptation is, if you are 85 years or younger, which includes many of the people in this room, not all, but many, if you were 85 or younger, the temptation will be for you to say, well, that doesn't apply to me. He's 85. I'm not 85. You know, I'm a few years from that. Or, you know, well, yeah, you know, I, I understand. Maybe, maybe it's okay. Let's just broaden it and say senior adults. Well, I'm not a senior adult. That doesn't apply to me. I want you to understand that the principles here not only apply to the fact that, yes, indeed, it records Joshua was an older man. And it is very literal in that sense that it does apply to the older people in this room. But at the same time, I want us to, to kind of broaden our horizons just a little bit and look at the general principles that Joshua never stopped doing certain things no matter what stage of life he was in. And so uh, in, in chapter 13 there in verse 1, God speaks to him. Joshua, it's very clear, never stopped listening to God. He never stopped listening to God. He was always in a position to hear from God. God reminded him in this verse of, obviously, things that were still left to do on what God had commissioned Joshua to do. I don't know what it is in your life that you feel like. It maybe, maybe you felt like at one point, you know what, this is the course. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what God has put me on earth to do. And very rarely, very rarely does that have only to do with what you get paid to do. You probably know that. You probably would say, you know what, yeah, I go to work to do this, but here's the reason I'm here. I mean, this is why God has put me here. We have lots of people in this room who volunteer here in the church and maybe working with children. You say, you know what, yeah, I go and do my day job, but you know what, I love coming to church on Sunday mornings. I can work with those kids. I mean, maybe you know there's something you've been put here to do. Joshua was put there to lead the people in possession of the land, and he never stopped listening to God. 
in chapter 13 there in verse 1. And not only that, but over the next few chapters, from chapter 13, verse 2, all the way to chapter 21, verse 41, what we see in those chapters is Joshua distributing the land. He never stopped doing what God said to do. Never stopped. In fact, there's probably a good bit of time that that transpired between chapter 13 and the end of chapter 21. This wasn't something that happened just in a memo, and he sent it out or shot an email to somebody and said, hey, here's what you get, and here's what you get. Or he made a phone call, and hey, you know what? I'm done. Good deal. I can go back to doing what I was doing. He never stopped doing what God said to do, even though he was getting advanced in years. God said to distribute the land, and in the remaining chapters there from thirteen, to chapter 13 to chapter 21, we see that's exactly what he did. I love how the Bible is so simple most of the time that it's very clear that even though Joshua could have said, you know what, uh, eh, you know, I'm kind of getting older here, God. i got some assistance. I mean, isn't that kind of their job to do now? Let's hand this off. I mean, let's, let's delegate this down to the younger people who still feel like doing this kind of stuff. God showed up to Joshua and said, it's your job to take possession of the land, to distribute it among the people. And we see in those several chapters, that's exactly what he did. He never stopped, no matter what stage of life he was in, never stopped listening to God, never stopped doing what God said to do. And in, in chapter 18, as you, as you kind of progress with me, if you look at chapter 18, I want you to check this out. We'll stop occasionally and just read a couple of verses as we move forward all the way to chapter 23. Look at it in in verse 1. Chapter 18, verse 1. The entire Israelite community assembled at Shiloh, where it set up the tent of meeting there. The land had been subdued by them. Seven tribes among the Israelites were left who had not divided up their inheritance. So Joshua here, obviously, has been dividing up the land, parceling it out to the people who were supposed to get it. But there were seven tribes who had not divided up their inheritance. Joshua had already told them what to do. Look at verse 3. So Joshua said to the Israelites, How long will you delay going out to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, gave you? And he goes on to give them instructions. He, 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 picture the scene here. Joshua, is already, he's been doing what God told him to do, and the other people that he's been telling to go do this have delayed. And he, and he, he stands up to them. An older man who probably is leading a lot of younger, younger people, a whole different generation than he grew up with. And he says, why why are you waiting to do what God's already given you? Why are you waiting to take possession of what God has already said is already yours? What's the holdup? Joshua never stopped challenging other people. And and I don't picture this as some major confrontation. And when I think of, of someone challenging somebody else, I think of it more in just speaking the truth to one another more of how we live being a challenge, more of, of what we say, raising the bar. He, Joshua didn't just sit there and let people get away with not obeying God. He, he didn't just kind of let it happen. He raised the bar for all those people that were younger than him, probably. He challenged them to obey God. In, verse, uh, excuse me, in chapter 21, as we see that those tribes then begin to do that, look at the very end of chapter 21, verse 43. Verse 43, it says this, So the Lord gave Israel all the land He had sworn to give their fathers, and they took possession of it and settled there. 
The Lord gave them rest on every side, according to all He had sworn to their fathers. None of their enemies were able to stand against them, for the Lord handed over all their enemies to them. None of the good promises the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed. Everything was fulfilled. Joshua had the incredible experience of he never was able to stop finding God faithful. He was never able to stop finding God faithful. You realize that until you are in eternity with God in heaven, that there will always be opportunities for you to find God faithful in every stage of life. It does, it does me, probably no, no, nothing does me better than to see as people get older, to see them still be excited to say, you know what? I was praying about something and God came through. He fulfilled a promise to me that maybe He made years ago or He came through on His Word. Joshua, by this point, is older than 85 and he gets to see the fact that they took possession of it and they settled there. What God had promised, He came through on. And Joshua never stopped finding God faithful. And He's always faithful and I would encourage you that no matter how old you get, what stage of life you may find yourself in, to continue to look for how is God being faithful. Because there are times that I can only imagine about, that as folks begin to age and their body doesn't quite do the things that they would want it to do, the mind and the body stop agreeing with each other at some point. It's in those times when you need to see God being faithful because that can be a discouraging time. It's in the times when you now find yourself more alone than you've ever found yourself as friends and loved ones, and so they pass on as you get older or you experience tragedy. It's in those moments when you've got to be able to find God faithful and see Him working. Or you'll continue just to kind of swirl and go down into a pit of despair. Joshua is always able to find God faithful. And then look at chapter 23. Verses 1 through 5, chapter 23. This is Joshua's farewell address. He is on his way out the door, so to speak. He knows his time is near, that he'll be leaving to go be with God. And he said, it says this, A long time after the Lord had given Israel rest from all the enemies around them, Joshua was old, getting on in years. As if he wasn't old before, now the Bible makes it clear it's been a long time since he distributed the land and they took full possession of it. So this is just emphasizing he's much older now than 85. So Joshua summoned all Israel, including its elders, leaders, judges, and officers, and said to them, I am old, getting on in years, and you have seen for yourselves everything the Lord your God did to all these nations on your account, because it was the Lord your God who was fighting for you. See, I have allotted these remaining nations to you as an inheritance for your tribes, including all the nations I have destroyed, from the Jordan westward to the Mediterranean Sea. The Lord your God will force them back on your account and drive them out before you so that you can take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. I have this picture of Joshua as an older guy sort of kind of gathering people around him and saying, now, now, now listen up. I know my time is near. I know I'll be moving on at some point. Maybe you've been there. I remember when, uh, when, when I was faced with the decision and, and ultimately the fact that God was moving our family on from our church in Louisville. 
And I remember that the students that I, that I had been working with, a lot of them, because it was my home church, I knew them from the time they were born. And so it was a, a big deal for us. And I, I wasn't a, you know, an old man sort of giving out wisdom, but I just thought, you know, I, I don't have much time left. And so I, I, I began to, you know, what would I say to them if I knew I only had just a little bit of time left? What am I going to say? And maybe you've had that experience as well. Time has been short, and you just realize I've got to say something important. Joshua here is in a similar experience. And he's toward the end of his life, and he gathers those people around him and says, Listen up. I'm old, and I'm getting on in years, he says. And here's what I want to tell you at the very end. And he goes on to say, You know what? Look at what God has done for you. And God's not done just with that. God's going to do more for you. He's going to continue to lay down those enemies in front of you so that you can conquer them. Joshua never stopped encouraging other people. He, he reminded them of what God had done and what He was going to do. It's, it's, it's exciting to see that even though he got older, his enthusiasm for what God was doing never waned. It never went away. He never became somebody who just sort of stoically existed. You can picture him with, with all the strength he could muster in his voice saying, God has done some incredible things and he's not finished yet. And, and I know for many, many of our folks who may be older or, or, or at the same time maybe not, not older but just not as physically able to do things and you just think, what can I contribute? What, what do I have to give to this church, to the people around me? Joshua, as he, as he faced the, the, the latter part of his life, took on the role of an encourager. There's, there's nothing like, and I, and I said it before a little bit earlier, there's nothing like it when I turn around on Sunday morning after I've said, hey, shake hands, welcome somebody to Elm Grove. There is nothing like it when I see somebody whose hair isn't exactly the color that it used to be. Or maybe it's not quite all there anymore. And they walk across to somebody who's still got whatever hair color they've chosen for that particular time, Natural or otherwise. And, and certainly in a different stage of life. And they walk across that aisle and they say, Hi, you know what? My name is whatever and who are you? And it's glad, you know, I'm glad to see you. And man, I'm so thankful that you came. And we have those folks who just encourage other people. And I don't know what you feel like you can contribute, but I've said this to people before. The people who come to, to church on a Sunday morning or Sunday night, we really don't know what they're dealing with. Because we hide it real well. We can smile and we can say, well, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. You know, we'll move on. But you never know who needs to be encouraged. And you never know what your handshake, what your words of encouragement, what you talking about what God has done in your life and what He has yet to do in your life that you're waiting in anticipation for. Him. You never know how that can help somebody. Joshua never stopped encouraging other people. We need encouragers in our life. You know, earlier in the deacons meeting, Bruce made mention of the fact that, you know, the world doesn't give you a break. I mean, there's nothing about the world that's going to cut you a break. It's just not going to. I mean, it's going to beat you down if it has a chance. I mean, Satan is, is you know, has dominion over the, the you know, all the, the world and all that. I mean, he, he's going to do what he can. We've got to make sure that we have encouragers. And you may say, you know what, I'm old and I'm getting on in years. You may identify with the first couple of verses of this passage. But I would encourage you and challenge you to identify not just with that, but with the remainder of that passage. He never stopped encouraging other people. We need the encouragers in our lives and in our church. And then look at verse 6. 
He goes on to say this, be, be very strong and continue obeying all that is written in the book of the law of Moses so that you do not turn from it to the right or left and so that you do not associate with these nations remaining among you. Do not call on the names of their gods or make an oath to them. Do not worship them or bow down to them. Instead, remain faithful to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. Verse 9. The Lord has driven out great and powerful nations before you, and no one has been able to stand against you to this day. One of you routed a thousand because the Lord your God was fighting for you as he promised. So be very diligent to love the Lord your God for your own well-being. For if you turn away and cling to the rest of these nations remaining among you, and if you intermarry or associate with them and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out before you. They will become a snare and a trap for you, a scourge for your sides and thorns for your eyes until you disappear from the good land that the Lord your God has given you. Joshua, not only did he never stop encouraging, as we see in the first five verses, but he never stopped teaching. He was always instructing them right up until the last moments. He said, I've got something valuable to say. I've learned some lessons. I've heard from God. I've studied the law of Moses, and you've got to get it. He was always instructing them, always teaching. His words of wisdom and his words of instruction were vital for the success of the Israelites, and he knew it. As I mentioned before, I think one of the great injustices that we see, not only in the, the work world and in the world outside the church, but in the church as well, is that as people get older, we sort of shove them off to the side, maybe not physically, but sort of in our minds, and we just think, you know what? It's time for somebody else to take over. It's time for somebody else to do the teaching. It's time for somebody else to play the role that you once played and it becomes, I think, so, so much of a permeating factor that even the people who are older begin to believe it. That even the people who say, you know, I, well, I think i still got something I can say here, begin to believe, well, maybe I'm not as valuable. Maybe I'm not as a person who people need to listen to. I want to I say this to you. That as a young person, and many of you have a couple of years on me, just a couple. I was joking with Eddie Clyde earlier and said, you know what, I was talking to him about the fact that he'll, he'll do his best to shake hands with our college students. I said, you know, they know you're not a college student. You know, they know you graduated a couple years ago. <laughs> a couple years ago, 2000, I believe it was, correct? He said, I said 2000, he said B.C. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we, we have, we've got to have folks in our church who even as they age and move into a retirement phase, move into a phase of life where they may not be able to do the things physically that they once were able to do. But we've got to have people in our church that stay engaged in such a way that regardless of what they're physically able to do, that they continue to challenge other people. That the way they live, just their showing up, challenges other people. That they encourage other people. When they talk to them, you know what? You walk away feeling like you were just in the presence of God. Because you walk away feeling a little bit different about your situation. You've heard God is still active. There's still hope. You know what? I may be dealing with something. But you know, I just talked to an older person who said, Man, God is still doing something in my life. It's amazing. Still teaching other people. Still having something valuable to say. And it is an absolute shame to see that even in the church, sometimes we look at 
maybe from my perspective, my age group, looks at the older folks and say, well, you know, I don't really relate. Or the people who are a little bit older look at people that are younger and say, well, I, I can't really relate. But I'll tell you this, if you know Jesus Christ, then He is the relating factor. And it doesn't matter what age you are or what age you are not. He is the one that we all relate to. And I believe that in a biblical church, that we will have not only represented different ages, but we will have people of different ages who interact with one another, who stand on the ground of Jesus Christ, who may say, well, you know what, I haven't been through that life stage yet, but I tell you what, it's exciting for me to see what God is doing in your life. And we have older people who, who look at our younger people and, and don't write them off as being wild and crazy, but say, you know what, I wonder what God is doing in their life right now. And we begin to mutually encourage one another. It's amazing that, that Joshua, it appears, seemed to always be just beginning. Even toward the end of this, he, he's old and advanced in years, and you'd think, you know what, hey, it's just time to go do something different. I've told you before, if I were retired, I'd play golf every single day of the week. It's exactly what I'd do. If I'm Joshua, I think, man, it's time to play golf. Let's go. You know, we're out here in the desert. You know, we, I don't know, build a golf course somewhere. Let's do it. You know, that's what I'd be doing. But it's, it's apparent that I'm sure he had lots of leisure time and all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. Don't read anything into it. But he never stopped. I mean, he never quit. He never said, you know what, I've kind of advanced to a particular stage of life and I'm done. And, and as we've been looking at this series, the unveiling the secrets of ultimate success. I mean, what is the secret that we see in this particular story tonight of ultimate success? And I, I think it's this. I think the challenge, I think the secret, if we're going to be successful, regardless of whether we are young, in the middle, or old, the secret is this, to operate as if you're always just beginning. Operate as if you're always just beginning. Because the truth is, if you've walked with Jesus any length of time, you realize that you may have a handle on one particular part, or at least you think you do, but there's always something new that sometimes seems to come into play. In 1985, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ, and it's been a little while since then. Not a long, long, long time, but a little while. And so, even at my relative young age, I've been a Christian for over 20 years. And I'm amazed at the new stuff that God continues to teach me. And I've read the Bible an awful lot. And I grew up in a great church. And I have great godly parents. And I was the kid who could memorize more scripture than anybody else. But I'm amazed at what God continues to teach me. And I'm amazed at the new stuff. Because there's always something new to be learned. There's always something else to be done for the Lord or for other people. And I don't mean that you should always just keep yourself so busy that you just think, well, I can't even enjoy life at all. I think God designed you to enjoy life and to have a great balance to this. But understand that there's always something new that God is doing. My desire in my life is to always be approaching God as if He's doing something new in me and He's doing something new through me. And, I, and my prayer is that, and, and I'll have to be honest with you, when I think of the rest of my life, I'm not sure that I'll ever truly retire. I don't know even what that's like. I have no idea. I, but I hope that even if I retire vocationally, and God allows me to do that, that I will always be approaching God as if He's doing something new in me and through me. 
you see throughout the Bible that God is a creating God. All the time creating. Look at our world even now. In a few weeks, we'll see God create all over again new growth. The grass, the trees, all that stuff. We'll see God continue as you, uh, as you see babies being born. He, he's, all, he's a creating God. He's always doing something new. Isaiah chapter 43, you don't have to turn there, but God says, uh, he, he says, I'm, I'm doing something new. Don't you perceive it? Don't you see it? I'm doing something new. Way back, way over in Revelation, he, he says, I am making all things new. And at the very beginning of the Bible, we see God created the heavens and He made something new. And, and, and my, my, my prayer is that each of us, regardless of our stage of life, would say, you know what? I'm going I'm to look for what God is doing new in me and through me. Because there are so many people that are in this room tonight that have, and have already done this, have incredible things that God has done in your life. We've got we've to know it. And we, we've got to be encouraged by it. We've got to be challenged by it. And if we are to be the church that God wants us to be and see generation after generation after generation come up to know Him in a very real way, we've got to see it in every single generation. And I, I, wanted, I wanted to step back and kind of go back to what I started with as I close. For some of us tonight, we simply need to be encouraged and say, you know what? I'm on the right track. I, I, I haven't stopped listening to God. You know, I, whatever stage of life, I haven't stopped doing what God said to do. I haven't stopped challenging other people. I'm not rude, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm making sure that, you know what, we're going to be obedient to God. I haven't stopped finding God faithful. You'd be amazed at the stories I could tell you. I haven't stopped encouraging other people. I haven't stopped teaching and instructing other people. And some of us just need to be encouraged. I'll let you figure out with God if that's you. I, I, I think we've got lots of people in this room who I just say, you know what, please keep going. Please don't stop. Just keep doing what you're doing. Because it is an absolute necessity. And I think God stands and applauds as well. For others, we just say, you know what, maybe I, I, didn't, I never thought about that. I, I, I'm the employee that just, I just needed some detailed instruction. You got it. You, you got it. Don't, don't stop listening to God. Don't stop doing what He says. Don't stop challenging others, finding Him faithful, encouraging other people. To teach. Don't, don't, don't stop. That's the instructions. So maybe, maybe for some of us we say, you know what, I hadn't thought about that before. But, but, but from now till however long it is to God takes me home, that's what I'm going to be about. For others, for others, maybe we just say, you know what? I got smacked upside the head because I realize I've quit. I realize I'm just kind of riding off into the sunset or I'm not taking full advantage of the remaining years, however long that is that God has given me. And again, I don't have anybody in particular in mind. But if that's you, understand that God has still got something new for you and He wants to do in you. Joshua was old and getting on in years and advancing in age, and God said, there's more to do. And I hope that we can be at least one small church in the middle of West Kentucky that says, you know what? It doesn't matter how young or how old you are, God is ready to do something new right now in your life. And we're going to be a place that encourages our young people to get started with God. It's never too early to get started. We're going to encourage our older people to get started with God. You're never too late to keep going and to get started. Joshua never stopped. And I, and I think we see his incredible example, what God did through him, as a challenge to us. And so I hope we'll take it. Be encouraged. Maybe be instructed. Maybe be smacked in the head. Whatever it is. 
But let's do what God said to do, and let's never stop. And I'm encouraged, I want you to know, even as I say all these words, I'm encouraged by so many people, as I said, who just, I just want to applaud you and say, you know what, that's incredible. Nancy and I talk about it quite a bit. We've talked before about uh, of, the, of many of the churches that we've seen, uh, be it in those churches or just knowing people, that, that we, are, we are so thankful to be at Elm Grove in a place that people, when they see a need, they actually go and meet it. When they see somebody who needs some help, they go and help them as best they can. I, I'm thankful to be in a place like that. So I'm not down on it anyway, all right? But I want us to never stop doing those things. I think in that, as we go back to this morning, we'll continue to see victory after victory. Why don't you pray with me, and then we'll close. God, thanks for an incredible example. And God, thank you that uh, you're not done with us, no matter if we're young, or old, or somewhere in between. And God, thank you that what helps us relate is not our age and not our stage of life, but it's Jesus Christ. And God, may that be the common ground that everybody here at Elm Grove stands on. That we stand on the common ground of Jesus Christ that helps us to relate to somebody that's 50 years difference in age. God, I pray for those folks that just need encouragement. God, I pray that they keep doing what they're doing. God, I pray for the people who just need to receive the instruction and and say, you know, I'm going to get started. God, for those who need correction, in a sense, God, as we've said, we need to be kind of smacked in the head. God, I pray and, and thank you that you do that lovingly. God, I pray that, that we would be people who never stop. Never stop listening to you, doing what you say. We never stop challenging each other. We never stop finding you faithful. We never stop encouraging. God, we never stop teaching. I thank you for this church, for all the people that are here, for, uh, for the folks who are not going to quit. We pray that you get all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you stand?